Hello, you're listening to the Greek to Me podcast, a daily discovery of the New Testament scriptures one word at a time. We hope today's podcast helps you better understand and appreciate God's word. January 15, Doulos. In Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 8, Paul writes, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. The word I want to draw here, if you've heard it uh, three times it was used, the word slave. Doulos here, used 126 times in the New Testament, means slave. Uh, Properly, technically, it means someone who belongs to another without any ownership rights of their own. Uh, the term bond slave, as you may have seen it translated, is used in the highest dignity in the New Testament, namely of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as devoted followers. There is little disagreement that the technical meaning of the word is slave. After all, there is more than one word for servant, if the Holy Spirit wanted to communicate that. Nevertheless, there is a long-held debate among translators regarding whether to translate doulos simply as slave or perhaps something more like servant or bond slave. The tension is understandable. On one hand, we neither want to send the message that God condones slavery or we don't we also don't want to liken our relationship to him with all the wicked abuses that we are aware of within human slavery. But on the other hand, we also don't want translators doing too much interpreting. See, interpreting is the job of every Bible teacher and every Bible student. And we don't want to miss out on any of the nuances of meaning that the Holy Spirit intended when he inspired the word doulos, because we're concerned that someone might misunderstand or be offended. One of the theological significant meanings of the word that we only get with the translation of slave is actually seen very clearly in 1 Corinthians 6.20. It's, it's a theological meaning you don't get as much if you translate doulos as servant or even bond slave. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul writes, For you were bought with a price. So, he concludes, the result of that natural conclusion is you glorify God in your body. Unmistakable here is the concept of ownership. As we will look at tomorrow, the word doulos goes hand in hand with the Greek word for master or lord. And we know that there is no such thing as a doulos without a master or a master without douloi, without slaves. This is more than just a hard truth. Okay, This is a profoundly beautiful and comforting truth. It might be a difficult truth. We, we do have to, in fact, submit our wills to that of Jesus. We, he is not just a Savior, but He is Lord. And you almost can't go any farther. You, you can't use a heavier word almost than slave, and yet it's more than just a hard truth. It is a profoundly beautiful truth, and it's a very comforting truth. The slave who belongs to a good master or a good Lord was set for life, 
never to wonder from where would come the the satisfaction of work or uh, where a roof over their head would come from or a warm bed or enough food, even in, in some households, family. But it does get even better than this. If that weren't enough, and if we lay aside sort of our Western ideas of democracy and, and really subscribe to God's uh, ideal form of government, and that is a kingdom with him as a king, and submitting to his total rule in our life, and we then find a happiness as humble servants and slaves of his, knowing he has complete ownership and leadership of our life, it almost can't get better, but it does. In John 15, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I say. Now that's unlike any friendship that I'm aware of, and yet he's communicating uh, this idea of of intimacy here. He says a a master doesn't share with his slave his plans, but I tell you my plans. So there is an element of slavery that never goes away, but there's this added element of friendship. Romans 8 goes even farther. And I think about uh, the prodigal son here, but Romans 8 makes the case repeatedly, and, and we see this all throughout, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament, all throughout Scripture. God's people are not uh, subscribed only to being slaves or even uh, friends with you know extra benefit of knowing what he's got going on, but, but his family. We are called the children of God. The story of the prodigal son, when he finally realizes how good he would have it if he would just humble himself and go back to his father as one of his hired workers. And he he realizes by that point that's all he deserves, and so he shows up humbled. And he shows up, and before he gets his whole speech out that he had rehearsed prior to that, he didn't even get to the part that uh, he was offering to work for his dad, and he would be happy just to work for his dad. He had come back humbled. His dad interrupts him and basically treats him like the son that he never really had the opportunity to be prior to that. He treats him like the son that he always wanted to have. All of a sudden, the, the, the son came back humbled, willing to be a happy servant, and that's when the father made him a son. And so the same is true for us. If we can humble ourselves, not just to this, uh, receive salvation from Jesus, him be our Savior, but he be our Lord, if we come to him humbly knowing that he has full ownership of our life, It's amazing the access, the intimacy he gives as friends, as as joint heirs with Christ and as children of God.